0: Dr. Craig Samet has effectively seen it all in his 30 years in healthcare, from his experience on the payer side as the CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota to the provider side leading Madison, Wisconsin-based Dean Health System and more. In his newest role, he says he's eager to help lead the industry to finally shift from fee-for-service to value-based care. I'm Jay Carlyle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. In February, Dr. Samet joined St. Louis-based Surround Care as the CEO of its national physician enterprise, and in that role, he also serves as the executive vice president at Navis, a population health company delivering value-based care. Surround Care is the newly formed parent company of Navis and St. Louis-based medical group Essa Health. On today's episode, Dr. Samet joins me to talk more about how he has seen the industry shift and evolve throughout his career. But first, he tells me about what drew him to Surround Care and the initiatives he's keen to undertake in his new role. This episode first aired in March.
1: Surround Care was announced last year as a merger of Navis, one of the most successful and transformative population health companies in the U.S., and, and ESSA. One of the nation's independent value based primary care, high performing mm-hmm. medical groups. Um, when Surround Care was announced, I, I've been on a quest, as I'm sure we'll talk about in the next few minutes, for an organization that is most transformative in improving the healthcare industry. And um, when I had heard about the merger of Navis and Surround Care, uh, it was something different. It was um, two organizations with very complementary skills. And two pieces of the puzzle that, when put together, I felt were were going to to drive true change and deliver results, um, as opposed to just a claim to make progress in healthcare or or hype improvements that actually weren't happening.
0: So what are some of the initiatives that you're most excited about in your new role? I, I would say we use
1: the expression pretty commonly, where there's a will, there's a way, and what I've found is that ESSA represents the will. When you've got a physician organization that has experience at a value-based transformation and has developed expertise and a clinical perspective and really kind of catches the ball that comes from the rest of industry that is pushing for value-based transformation, you know that's an important variable in this partnership. And Navis, for, for me, represents the way that a lot of physician organizations struggle with having access to the tools and technologies and innovations that enable the transformation of care delivery. So the work that I get to do that I'm very excited about is putting together those population health tools with a receptive physician organization. And frankly, the the desire now is to lead lead a, a transformation to value where we're not seeing enough progress in the industry. And B, to create what I think has been missing in the industry, which is a a true high-performing value-based model that can deliver access, quality service, affordability, and equity all at the same time.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about uh, both some of the opportunities as well as some of the challenges for physician organizations as we start to see the shift from fee-for-service to value-based care?
1: I've actually spoken and advocated for value for the balance of my career. All I've ever wanted to do is fix healthcare. And I believe that the way to do that is in a value-based model. Um, When I think of sort of all the different ways that the industry can go in the future and all the progress that we need to make, I I just don't see how we can do that in a fee-for-service world where we envision more is better, bigger is better, at the end of the day, better is better. And I think that patients have suffered and doctors have suffered in the process. I think when, we, when we're doing more to people than is really necessary and we're focusing on sort of the, the sickness side of our equation as opposed to the wellness side of our equation, which the volume world does, and then patients don't do very well. And I've, I've seen that personally as a caregiver of people who are sick and as a patient myself, and on the doctor side, I, you know, the the reason why I'm leading um, surround care's national physician enterprise to pull together the nation's best high-performing physician network, as I think doctors have been marginalized, uh, deprioritized, harvested, so to speak. I heard that word recently, which I thought really was applicable and really not put in the driver's seat in uh, leading the transformation to value. They've kind of been become the workforce of the new proletariat, not really, you know, an inspired purpose built movement, which physicians should lead.
0: You've had just about every role a healthcare executive could have in the industry. You've worked on the provider side, the payer side. You've worked in independent physician organizations and in integrated delivery systems. Given your extensive background, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges preventing these groups from working together better? To
1: start, I think we've got an incentive problem. Uh, Each organization, appropriately so, has been built to maximize the success of their own company. However, the lack of incentives, uh, you know, on on the clinical side, this notion of, more is better Um, on the health plan side where the view is less is better Um, in the disruptor or venture backed or PE backed world, which very much focuses on sort of maximizing return. I think each organization is pulling the sector in a different direction. And I'm worried that we're seeing fragmentation and a lot of it is due to an incentive problem. The second problem, is I think we have just a lack of trust. I've long believed and have you know, staked my career in the incumbent space. Um, I led Dean Health System, which was a virtually integrated delivery system that had all the parts of the model all working together and we achieved tremendous transformative results. And so once you align incentives and you build trust between the various players in the sector transformative things happen and you can create a paradigm shift and then the third thing that i would say is a problem is is i think we're really good at admiring our problems as an industry but haven't done much to fix them and there's a lot of hype there are a lot of people that are claiming to do a lot of things but at the end of the day results should prove that these organizations are driving good results every organization from my point of view should be able to demonstrate its ability to improve service and quality and cost and equity and access and most organizations i've worked for or observed can't prove progress on on even one of those variables let alone you know a couple none of them have solved for all of them so i i think that's the challenge i I think we need to come together, align incentives, build trust, and focus on what matters most, which is results that demonstrate that we are improving healthcare.
0: Since you have effectively seen it all uh, throughout your career, I want to double-click on uh, two changes, uh, the first one being You know, we've seen some big health insurers get even bigger through mergers and acquisitions, uh, adding providers, new service verticals, and more. Uh, How do you see smaller organizations competing within this field?
1: Well, I think just by nature, I've naturally advocated for the underdog my whole career. I think we've got a, a David versus Goliath problem here. And at the end of the day, what I think prevails is that bigger isn't better um better is better um and at the end of the day patients aren't necessarily going to go to and i know there are many organizations that would disagree with me they're not going to go with just the largest organization or even the best branded organization they're going to go to the organization where they have received the best care or their families have received the best care or it's affordable Um, So what I'm seeing with these large organizations is physician aggregation, not physician enablement. Uh, These large organizations are harvesting physicians for their panels, but they're not empowering them. They're not putting them in the driver's seat or helping the doctors practice truly transformed care delivery. And smaller organizations are going to be in an equally strong position to be able to do that. So that's why I think that Bigger isn't necessarily going to be better. There's always going to be room for organizations that really um, outcompete them.
0: And the second, uh, since you have experience on the payer side, um, what are your thoughts uh, really on the significant growth of Medicare Advantage plans?
1: So uh, back all the way back to my MedPAC days, I've been a longstanding advocate for Medicare Advantage um, and through my tenure there and afterwards, I think there's a good and bad news story here. The good news is the Medicare Advantage is, is a model that rewards better care at a lower cost and, and I think is is always going to be favorable to fee-for-service Medicare, which rewards more care. Value in my book is always better than volume. That said, the the problem is when is when Medicare Advantage creates financial loopholes that drive up the cost of healthcare without improving outcomes. And I think there are some organizations that have achieved national attention and a lot of money simply by teaching to the test and upcoding. I happen to work with and for an organization that focuses on truly transforming care delivery and keeping people healthy and lowering the total cost of care. So I, I think Medicare Advantage is good but it should be about value creation, which so few are doing, rather than value arbitrage, which many are doing.
0: Given what we just discussed and the broader changes in the healthcare market, what do you see hospitals and health systems looking like in the future?
1: I've, I've long said that transformation is going to require us all to look a bit different. And if if I'm not a fan of the vertical integration conglomeration model, I'm not a fan of the gazillion startups fragmentation model. Then I think the best model is going to be for the you know the traditional organizations, the incumbents, to really come together. And I think it means that everyone needs to look a bit different than they did. Uh, one of the things that we're looking at, and I'm leading at Surround Care, is is really the reevaluation of what care delivery physician uh, empowered care delivery looks like in the future, which means that the way that we practice healthcare at the doctor level likely needs to change. And and we've long used the term top of license work, but I'm not sure we've really delivered the true sense of what that could and should be. That same top of license thinking then applies to hospitals uh, to answer your question about hospitals and health systems. If we think of top of license thinking from a facility perspective, not a people perspective, it means that we should be focusing our delivery systems on what they do best. Um, And we should think about where care can be delivered, whether it's hospital or ASCs or urgent care or home or the cloud that best meets the needs of the patients, which will put pressure on hospitals and may be a part of why several health systems and hospitals are struggling today. And then finally, health plans need to change as well. I think they've been highly bureaucratic. The rules and regulations are adding cost and waste, and they're not really improving care delivery. And when you bring those parts together, doctor, hospital, and health plan into a new model where they, they all benefit together from better care at a lower cost, or they all do worse together if the reverse is true, then i think that allows an environment where everyone can change hospitals can rethink the way they deliver care doctors can redesign their practices and health plans don't need to rely so heavily on aggressive utilization management and um, prior off uh, i think that's the way the relationship is going to look every everyone's going to change but the patient's going to benefit from it
0: as we wrap up our conversation, what aspects of healthcare today make you optimistic about the industry and delivering care moving forward?
1: I think there are several. Uh, you know, first we talked earlier about these big, large conglomerate organizations. Uh, you know, I'm I'm skeptical about their ability to drive significant change, but I'm optimistic that there are organizations with expertise. Um, distribution expertise and data expertise and technology expertise that are turning their attention to healthcare where healthcare really hasn't been very advanced in that regard. So when organizations that are renowned in other sectors, and I won't necessarily name names, come into healthcare, I think they both bring additional expertise into the space, but they up the ante and they instigate the, the incumbents to change faster. So I think that that uh, sort of interloper involvement of these organizations into healthcare is going to drive very positive change. The second thing is I, I think there that, that gives me great optimism is we're innovating. We're piloting a thousand points of light. Now I think 990 of those are false or hype but I think even if there are 10 that are true innovations Um, that we can deploy in healthcare, that's going to help us. And at the end of the day, I I don't think we have an innovation problem, because I think there is a lot of innovation. I think we have an imitation problem, which is there's a lot of good stuff happening in healthcare, but it hasn't been universally deployed. So I think if we turn our attention from all this innovation to actually making those innovations happen in the space, we're going to be very successful. And then the last thing that I would say that gives me optimism is being with my current new organization, it's clear to me now that uh, I'm not the only healthcare executive that's frustrated, irreverent, and speaking truth about the lack of meaningful change in our industry. I I think we're seeing change agents who see a better way forward coming together and uh, in an outspoken way, focusing on fixing healthcare. And I'm fortunate to be part of an organization that has a lot of those people. And I'm optimistic that true transformation is closer now than it's ever been in my career. So I remember 20 years ago that I said, there's no better time to be in healthcare. I think the same is true today. I think there's a lot to be optimistic about.
0: That was Dr. Craig Samet, the newly appointed CEO of Surround Care's National Physician Enterprise, as well as Executive Vice President at Navis. He joined the podcast today to talk more about his new role and share his thoughts on how the healthcare industry has evolved during his 30-year career. This episode first aired in March. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly GIST. The GIST Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.